It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is March 14th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter or follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's loss to the Washington Wizards and talk about sort of the responsibility that now falls on the team's leaders as they try to get themselves out of this rut, get themselves back into the playoff mix. And yeah, try and make this season an ultimate success and, and again, uh, get to where they believe they should be and where they should go. We'll talk about all that coming up, the tone that those three leaders have to set now as the Magic try to get back in the playoff race. We'll talk about all that in just a moment, but before we do that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Looking to little learn a little learn a little more about uh, the Magic's opponent for Thursday night, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Check out Locked On Cavs. They do a great job covering the Cavaliers. 
Well, the Wizards' perspective on this game from Wednesday night, check out Locked On Wizards. Want to catch up on the Miami Heat? You got Locked On Heat plus Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Have your national basketball coverage uh, covered for you as well. You can find all those podcasts on iTunes just by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Plus, there's colleges, NFL, and pretty soon MLB will be relaunching too. You can find all these podcasts online by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I'd like to tell you that Wednesday's game was different or somehow different from some of the other losses the Magic have had. Um, you know, I'm not one that that gets crazy over losses or gets crazy over single defeats. It's patterns that matter in the regular season. This isn't the playoffs. If we're the playoffs, every little little thing matters. Every little possession, every little moment matters. But in the regular season, it's about consistency. It's about what you do every single day. And there are some encouraging signs. I, I, I have to say, I'm, there are still things that I am encouraged by. Uh, namely, that the Magic still had a chance to win this game on Wednesday night with the way that they played in the first half is something I am encouraged by. But the, at the end of the day, this is still about results. And the same patterns continue to emerge. Orlando comes out flat. They rally to get back into the game, and then they falter down the stretch in close game situations. Tied at 80 in this one. Orlando would give up a 9-2 run or an 11-2 run that essentially put them in the hole. They weren't able to get good shots. They weren't able to get stops consistently. They gave up fouls. They did all the things they absolutely cannot do, and they know they cannot do. And really, throughout the game, they played so poorly that they did not deserve to be in the in this game. If they uh, no offense to Washington, if they were playing a better team, the Magic would be down 20 and have no hopes of playing. Like I said, if you want a silver lining, the Magic can play what I felt like was the worst half of basketball they've played since December. They can play so poorly and yet still find themselves with a chance to win the game at the end. But none of that matters. And I want to make this clear. I, I point out a positive because I'm a positive person. I, I, I like to be an optimist. But none of that matters if they do not get the win in the end. This is a results business. And the Magic are in the race where results matter. Those little silver linings are irrelevant. And so Orlando found themselves once again staring up at a deficit all game long. They once again found themselves needing to rally, and they did rally. Give them the credit for that. But then they were unable to get across the finish line. Turnovers, poor shot selection, and just plain old bad defense. Root killed the Magic in the end. This is not the way the Magic need to play if they want to make the playoffs. I, I get this a lot because there are cynics out there who say this is a playoff team. Not if they play like this. When the Magic play like this, they are that also ran low 30s, high 20s team that they've been for the last three years. Team that's fighting for lottery position at this time of year instead of fighting for a playoff spot. And in fact, the Magic's overall approach in this one looked like a team that didn't have a lot to play for. Didn't have the urgency that they needed to win this game. I said it on yesterday's podcast, and the Wizards are certainly playing like it. This was a step-on-the-throat-and-eliminate-the-Wizards kind of game. This is a game where I think the Wizards felt this way too, and they certainly played like it most of the game. 
If the Magic win this game, the Wizards' playoff chances are done. They're not coming back from that deficit. They're not making up that much ground. Instead, the the Magic sort of kept the Wizards alive. They still got work to do. But the Wizards played like a team that knew they had to have this game. And honestly, Evan Fournier said it best after the game. The Magic played this game like it was mid-January. Not that that game in mid-January is less important than this game in mid-March, but certainly it feels bigger. That pressure and that importance are there. And with a chance again to step on the throat to keep pace in the Eastern Conference playoff race, the Magic gave up the ship. At the end, it was Jabari Parker making difficult shots. It was Bradley Beal running pick and rolls with Thomas Bryant and picking the Magic apart. It was players throughout the night getting stuck on screens, giving up drives straight through the middle of the paint. And offensively, it was guys taking contested mid-range jumpers. It was the team not even attempting to get into the paint. Those paint touches that Steve Clifford talked so much about. The Magic even bothered to try for them. And that's how you end up with a loss like this. 100-90, to it felt like more than a 10-point loss. Outside of some moment of clarity in the third quarter defensively, Jonathan Isaac scoring 13 points in the quarter, all 13 of his points in that quarter, it felt like the Magic were out of it and did not want to be in D.C. I mean, who wants to be in D.C. this time of year? But it's neither here nor there. It felt like it felt like a team that was playing out the string. I hate to say it. And that is just plainly unacceptable. If the Magic are serious about their playoff intentions, and they absolutely should be, one loss doesn't change that, even though the Heat did win and beat and destroy the Detroit Pistons, leaving the Magic now two games out of the final playoff spot, so ground to make up again. Even with that, the Magic have to be better. This kind of performance is simply unacceptable. And it's going to take a lot of internal soul-searching to say how we played Wednesday night, how we played Sunday night against Memphis, and frankly, how they played Friday night against Dallas is not going to cut it. We've got to be better. From the, from tip-off to the finish. I don't care if the team misses shots. This is a make-or-miss league. Sometimes shots don't go down. And Orlando had a lot of shots that didn't go down. They shot just 38.9% from the floor. But they did that and still had a chance to win. They played poor defense for the entire first half. They gave up 58 points in the paint total. They gave up 61 points in the first half. They still had a chance to win. They outscored Washington 41-39 in the second half. They, they found some defense, but then it left them when they needed it most at the end of the game. Again, they just get a little tight at the end, it feels like. Or if things aren't rolling, they're struggling. And they got a lot of guys struggling right now. A lot of guys aren't playing at the level that, that we know they can play at. This loss is on everybody because they didn't bring the energy level that they needed throughout. They dug themselves a hole, forced themselves to scramble, and either ran out of gas at the end 
or simply didn't have it. They left the game up the chance when it was clear they didn't need to do that. And so now they find themselves with ground to make up. Now they find themselves having to make up this gap as they've given away opportunities. And it's on them to change. And I'll explain a little bit of that coming up in just a moment. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But first, let's run through the final box score. Like I said, the Wizards just got into the paint at will. 58 points in the paint. Um, they scored a lot of those in the first half, uh, just, just parading into the lane, the Magic giving up the middle of the lane. And that just, I mean, their defense was just so off on this night. Uh, it, everyone is to blame. I, I saw a lot of people online blaming Jaron Grant uh, as, as Isaiah Briscoe's been out. Jaron Grant's been pretty good. I, I've, I've highlighted uh, on yesterday's episode how good Jaron Grant's been. And I didn't think Jaron Grant was great in this game, but I don't think he was bad either. Um, certainly the pace and, and how he manages a lineup is different. And, and I think that there that is a concern and, and this, this team needs a little bit of pace with that second unit and Grant doesn't fit that. But Grant is not the reason this Magic team lost. This Magic team lost for a variety of reasons. The bench didn't perform well. Uh, you know, that's that's been a theme throughout. Terrence Ross especially, 3 for 13, 0 for 6 from beyond the arc. Magic need Terrence Ross to score. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have to be super efficient, but he's got to be a threat from beyond the arc. And when he's not doing that, that bench unit is just just pitiful. Um, all five players off the Magic's bench uh, had a negative plus minus uh, in this game, Steve Clifford pointed out that disparity between the, the starters and the bench after the game that, you know, when the starters came out, the bench just kind of dropped the ball. And I agreed to it to a certain extent. I'll explain why I disagree with it to a, to a certain extent in a little bit. Um, but Orlando just, just could not maintain momentum at any point in the game offensively, and their defense was just terrible all night. Um, Evan Fournay certainly deserves a hand in that. I think he really struggled chasing down Bradley Beal. Uh, got devoured on screens and, and left Nikola Vucevic on an island. Vucevic didn't help himself. He was backpedaling a lot on the on those pick and rolls as, as players were coming into the paint. Uh, and and you, he's got to hold the line. I mean, I, I think I've said this numerous times. Uh, the difference between Vucevic playing good defense and bad defense is very very small. It's a very very thin line with him. And when and he's played good defense more often than not. So so you trust him, and I trust him to play good defense most nights. But tonight he kind of fell back in that bad habit where. Guy was coming at him, and he's backing up. He's got to hold his position, hold his line, trust his positioning to direct the player away from the middle of the paint and back toward where the help is going to be. Um, that's that's a big key for Vucevic, and obviously it is a very, very thin line with him uh, being able to do that. Um, a lot of players, though, and it wasn't just Vucevic, a lot of players were just caught out of position throughout the night. 
The communication was poor. It was just a, a poorly organized defensive game. They played better in the second half until the stretch run, um, but it, it's it's just not acceptable. And, and Washington hit some tough shots. Um, they made some good plays, uh, but Orlando was just, just not where they needed to be defensively uh, overall for the evening. Let's get some stats in there for you. Uh, Nikola Vucevic finishes with 20 points, 9 for 17, shooting 14 rebounds, uh, 2 assists, 3 turnovers. Um, I thought that this game was more reminiscent for Vucevic to his games in previous years when you know we all sort of complained that the magic uh that that Vucevic was was a kind of a bad a good good stats bad team type guy a lot of that's because of his defense was was back was backpedaling but you know I, I think we were at a point where Vucevic is really consistent offensively a 2014 night isn't super impressive for him he did some good things I don't think he was completely terrible and, and obviously he's the magic's best player but um, overall, offensively, I thought it took him way too long to get going. I thought that he uh, missed some touch shots early on, which has been a concerning trend. I think the Magic do want to go to him early to establish him, uh, and he tends to miss shot, and he's been missing a lot of shots, and that's gotten the Magic off to some slow offensive starts that I think has hurt the team's confidence overall. Um, it is something I'm going to talk about here in a min- minute, but I-, I think that Vucevic Vucevic's struggles in the first quarter of lately um, are a major concern for the Magic. I think they need to get him off on the right foot because um, that helps boost the rest of the team. I mean, Vucevic, the Magic play a lot through him. He helps got, helps the team out a lot, but uh, you know he kind of plods along at his rate and other guys have to kind of play off of him. And right now they're really struggling to do that and, and the low assist number is a big sign of that. Aaron Gordon finished with 13 points, but on four for 13 shooting, nine rebounds, four assists for him. Uh, Gordon got going with his three-point shot and really had his three-point shot working all game long, three for six from beyond the arc. But he also had um, some really questionable shot selection, in my opinion. A lot of mid-range jumpers that um, he didn't need to take that um, that that seemed forced. Uh, you know, I, I kind of say this. The Magic's offense, the barometer is Aaron Gordon. When he gets the ball in positions that he can score, that means it's working. When he has to force things and take a lot of ISO shots, that means it's not working. Tonight was a lot of ISO shots, a lot of uh, dribbling too much. And it really was, the, that was a problem for the Magic overall. It was one pass shoot. It was one pass shoot. It was pick and roll mid-range jumper, or pick and roll out to the perimeter, shoot, no paint touch. Paint touches are huge for this Magic team. It's something that Steve Clifford has harped on all year long, and frankly, the Magic just stayed on the perimeter, and I think that explains their poor field goal percentage more than anything else. They didn't execute their offense well at all. They settled for jumpers, and and again, when you see Gordon have a game like this, that is a big reason why. DJ Augustin, 16.6 for 15 shooting, 7 assists, no turnovers for him. Um, Augustin was really good for the most part. Um, didn't shoot the ball super effectively. Uh, kind of was forcing some shots a little bit, but um, Augustin just kind of keeps keeps things going. Um, you know, got going. I thought especially in the third quarter to help lead the Magic's comeback in this game. Uh, uh, did a, did a good job on that front. So a lot lot to be positive there. Jonathan Isaac, thirteen points, nine rebounds, five for twelve shooting. Scored all thirteen of his points in the third quarter, charging the Magic's comeback. They were down eight at the half. They tied the game. Fairly quickly, it was an 8-0 run right out of the locker room. The Magic came out, fired up at, at the halftime break, um, played inspired defense. Offense was slow to get going, but did get going eventually. And Isaac was a big part of that, just energy uh, from him early on. He did a good job running the floor, hit a couple threes, really brought some juice to the game. And, and you know, unfortunately, um, he came out of the game at his normal time. Clifford did not break his rotation, which I saw some criticism for, which is maybe fair. I, I you know, I think we are going to get to a point where Clifford has to consider doing a sort of mock playoff rotation, 
where he's playing guys, essentially playoff minutes, uh, to keep the team in the race. We may not be there yet, um, but I do think that that um, that there we're getting to a point where Clifford's got to start kind of tightening things up a little bit, really going with the guys he trusts and 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 making sure that he has effective lineups on the floor because there there are too many there's too much inconsistency right now, especially with the bench uh, on nights that Terrence Ross doesn't have it like this night. He might have to pull the plug a little early or go to go to a hotter hand. Um, you know it, whether I don't know whether he believes in the hot hand or not, but um, but uh, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of things that he's considering on that front as we get closer and closer to the end of the season and as this playoff race gets tighter and tighter, whether it's tighter toward elimination or tighter toward you know eclipsing Miami and getting into the playoff picture. Um, Isaac's going to be a big key to all of this um, when he plays like he did in the third quarter of the Magic are a really good team. Um, they prove that by coming back in this game. When he's you know too much on the periphery, when he's not involved, again, it, it's part and parcel to the Magic's offense playing poorly. Um, and, and so seeing Isaac have a big game, seeing Gordon shoot efficiently, those are good barometers that the Magic are playing good offensively. That didn't happen on this night. The Magic end up shooting 38.9% from the floor, just 12 of 33 from beyond the arc, 8 for 9 from the foul line. That shows you how little the Magic were getting into the paint. They scored 40 points in the paint, but it took them a long time to get going there. The Magic finished with a 96.8 offensive rating, 96.8, less than 100 points per 100 possessions against a poor Washington defensive team. That's not going to get the job done. Just no way that's going to get the job done. And Orlando's 108 off defensive rating is okay. That should be enough to win basketball games. And the Magic are, are giving up about 107 points per 100 possessions. So that should be enough. Giving up 100 points total should be enough to win a basketball game. Washington shoots 46.7% from the floor. They only shoot 12 free throws, 8 of 12 from the foul line, 6 of them from our good pal Jeff Green. Bradley Beal leads the way with 23 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. Thomas Bryant off the bench scores 21. Jabari Parker off the bench scores 19. Chason Randall off the bench scores 13. That was a big turning point in this game that the bench was able to come in in the second half, flip the game back over for Washington, and their starters took care of the rest as Orlando just could not get the energy back to where they needed. The Washington Wizards defeat the Orlando Magic 100-90 at Capital One Arena in D.C., the Magic back in action Thursday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We know how dangerous they can be. But that game, just to start off a five-game homestand, Magic now down two games to the Miami Heat. That one feels like a must-win now. Every game should feel like a must-win now. And we're going to know very, very early on whether the Magic have it or not. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. It's, it's times like these in moments of struggle when you turn to your team's leaders. 
You turn to the heartbeat of your team to break things down and, and, and essentially create change. You know, I'll say this about the Magic's three captains. They're young. They are inexperienced. And, and I think that is part of the struggle the Magic have had, that the guys they're relying on to lead them through this process have never been through this process before, have never experienced success. And, you know, there is no substitute for teaching than experience. So I'll continue to say that regardless of what happens this summer, going through these games, if this ends up to be heartache, if this ends up to be struggle, whatever this ends up to be, will be good for the Magic moving forward. It'll be good for Aaron Gordon. It'll be good for Evan Fournier. It'll be good for Nikola Vucevic. It will be good for the Magic moving forward. I, I'm not concerned at all with the result. I mean, I, I, I think the Magic should make the playoffs. I, I would consider this season not a failure, but a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs at this point. But I think that the lessons that are being learned now will be good so long as they learn those lessons, as long as they carry those forward to next year, as long as it's used as a growth uh, experience. But I do find that that the Magic's three captains kind of complement each other very well. You know, it, it might just be putting on airs for the media, but, you know, Aaron Gordon, after games, I've always found to be very contemplative, analytical. Like, he, he, he understands what's gone wrong in a game. And after Wednesday's game, you know, he said, you know, we just didn't bring the energy. Washington brought the energy. We didn't. Evan Fournier is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. As we saw Sunday against Memphis, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He isn't, I mean, uh, take this for what you will, but he isn't afraid to curse in a post-game media session. I think I've aired one of his, one of those curse words on, on this podcast before. But he is a very fiery, passionate guy. He plays that way on the floor. I, I joke about this all the time, but watch the Jumbotron. Evan For- they, they find the scariest faces of Evan Fournier after events on the court. The dude is just all in on the game. And that comes out in how he speaks to the media. That, that, that fire and that passion and that emotion that he has. And he said it after the game after the, the game this way. The Magic played like it was game 42 in January, not game 67, 68 in March. Nikola Vucevic is somewhere in the middle. He's got a drier sense of humor, um, but you know, not afraid to throw a joke in uh, after win at least, but very honest uh, about where the team is at and what the team has to do, and, and, and willing to put the blame on himself. All three of these guys are willing to put the blame on themselves when things go wrong. And consistently, all three of them said after this game, and, and I think even after Sunday's game, and probably after Friday's game as well, the Magic didn't bring the right energy and approach to the game. They were searching for energy all night long. And energy's an intangible thing. You could certainly you could certainly tell when it, when you're out there. The magic just didn't have it. Something was off about them. And so you can't really say exactly what that is or or, or how to bring it. It's an approach. It's a fire. It's whatever. But here's the one thing that I do know. This responsibility falls on the team's captains. 
falls on the team's leaders to play with the correct fire, the correct passion, the correct energy. Because Steve Clifford's right. The bench dropped the ball in this game a little bit. But they only dropped the ball that the starters set in motion. And so when Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, and Evan Fournier don't play with the energy the team needs, the rest of the team follows. And that's the critical point we are at in the season. I've said this about Nikola Vucevic specifically. He is the team's leading scorer. He is their most consistent player. He is an NBA All-Star. Late in games especially, I want him to take control. I don't care if he misses, and he struggled late in games. But when the team seems to have the boat rocking, seems to be ready to capsize, I think it should be Nikola Vucevic who settles the team down, who gets the shot, who demands the ball, and says, give me the ball, something good will happen. I will make something good happen. That's ultimately what it's going to take. And that's not completely in Vucevic's personality. I think the reason why Fournier has taken on that role is not only is he effective off the bounce with it, but he's willing to take he's willing to have the courage to take that shot. It, it, not like you know, it, it it's it's small courage. Don't get me wrong, but he's not afraid of that moment, or he doesn't care about that moment in in that sense. The Magic undoubtedly follow their leaders. And the way the Magic are starting games right now, the way the Magic are playing games right now, is indicative of how their leaders are playing. Let's break down the lineup data for you. This season, the Magic's most used lineup, 307 minutes, starting lineup of DJ Augustin, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Forney, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, has a plus 14 net rating. 110.2 offensive rating, 96.2 defensive rating. That is a very good lineup. Oh, and that's just, I'm sorry, that's just in first quarters. In first quarters, 307 minutes across 53 first quarters this year. That lineup of DJ Augustin, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac has a plus 14 net rating, 96.2 defensive rating. That gets the magic off on the right foot. In the last five games, that same lineup, DJ Augustin, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, has a minus 9.2 net rating in first quarters again. In the first quarter, the Magic starting lineup, 33 minutes across five games, last five games, it's a minus 9.2 net rating, 104.6 offensive rating, 113.8 defensive rating. For a team that has such a small margin for error that admittedly has a poor bench, and with Terrence Ross struggling to shoot right now, is even poor. With Isaiah Briscoe out, is even poor. The Magic starters are not getting the team off to the right start. They're setting a poor tone. And that's a problem. That is a huge problem for this Magic team. You go back to the last nine games since the All-Star break. 
that starting lineup in the first quarter is doing okay. Plus 20.1 net rating, 93.9 defensive rating. It's really in these last five games where the Magic have now lost four of their last five that there have been some major problems where the team isn't bringing the right energy right out the gate. And it's costing this team. The simple answer for me to say is the Magic need more from their leaders. They need their leaders to play the way they're supposed to play. For Nikola Vucevic, lately at the beginning of the games, it's been missing easy shots. He's missed some makeable shots that we know he can hit, uh, that he can work in the post. For Evan Fournier, it's taking smarter shots, being more efficient, hitting open shots when they come. For Aaron Gordon, it's also taking and making smarter shots, not forcing his offense early on, keeping the ball moving, playing solid defense. These are the guys that set the tone for the entire team, that bring the fire, that bring the energy, that bring the consistency. And all three of them right now are struggling to do that, whether it's the pressure, whether it's the opponent, whether it's just a collection of bad nights that are happening consistently now. Orlando will need their leaders to lead the way more than ever. They're young. Nikola Vucevic is 28, Evan Fournier is 27, 26, Aaron Gordon's 23, and none of them have been through a playoff race like this. There are growing pains, and maybe these are those growing pains. But at the end of the day, those are the three players Steve Clifford rightfully trusts most. There is a reason why, back in September, Clifford named them the team's captains. They're not only the three best players on the team, but they truly are and have become the heartbeat for this team when they're doing right. And so now, with the Magic struggling, with the Magic trying to hold on, with the Magic trying to gain ground and pick up these wins, it's on them from the first minute to the last minute to set the example and give the team the firm foundation to pick up these wins. They've proven over and over the season that they can do it. They have proven over and over again they understand conceptually what they have to do. Now it's time to do the Nike ad. Now it's time to just do it. Because the Magic's playoff hopes rest on their shoulders. This isn't about making or missing shots. That will happen. This is about setting the tone and the attitude, the intensity, and the energy that this team will need and letting that filter from the top, from the leaders, down to the rest of the roster. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at OmagicDaily as well for updates from Thursday's game as your Orlando Magic take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. That'll be at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center. You can catch it on Fox Sports Florida. And of course, complete coverage of that game tomorrow on Locked on Magic as well as on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.